Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Here on the crew, Troy DiCivino joined alongside by Corey Jason, Chris Aconis, and Ronnie Walenta sitting in here right now. Uh, big day to get to Rutgers men's basketball back in action tonight as they travel all the way out to State College, taking on Penn State, um, arguably one of their bigger rivals. Uh, obviously, there's a pretty big hatred in, among the student body here at Rutgers for the Penn State fan base. Yeah, they like to say, uh, you know, a certain statement about Penn State that I can't say. It's a little unsavory. Not FCC compliant, right? No, it is not. Um, you know, a lot of big news to get to today, one of those including about Coach Peichel and a contract extension. Chris, do you have, a, or Corey or anybody, anyone have the details about that? Yeah, so this was reported by NJ.com about an hour ago, and it says that Peichel will be under contract through 2025 to 2026. And we're not sure exactly how much he'll be making. There, the report says it would be quote in the range of what Shiano got per year, which would be around the ballpark of four million dollars. And he had previously received a contract extension in January 2018 that ran through 2024. So this would be an additional two years added on to that. He's currently making one million dollars, and it's supposed to gradually go up to two point seven million by a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. So basically, Pykele's locked down. Pretty much until 2026, and that's sort of the development that we have. Is yeah, another two years in addition to it was already a pretty long contract. What do you guys think of the timing of this though? This just seems very like oddly timed. Like uh, announced I, the day of a massive game. It well, it wasn't like, formally announced; it was reported. Reported, but still, yeah. like it who, came who out. Who broke the news? Was it Cratch? It was from NJ.com. Let me see if it was Cratch or yeah, it was Cratch and Sarge. Well, it I mean, just seems dynamic the timing duo. of it I, was a little. Uh, yeah, I can kind of agree with you on that, Corey. But I think it makes sense that they would want to extend him now. With yeah, like we knew. I mean, we all knew in the Rutgers fan base and the Rutgers basketball community that Peichel was the type of coach that you can rely on to build a program. But now with Rutgers jumping into the NCAA tournament conversation and likely to make the tournament, well, the rest uh, of the college basketball world is starting to take notice, and I think Rutgers is trying to get ahead of. You know, maybe a traditional blue blood who might be on a down year being like, hey, let's see if we can lure this guy in with the right amount of money. I think they're trying to lock him up now so that way Peichel doesn't even have the incentive to say, maybe I should listen to another school. He wants to sort of say, I'm with Rutgers long term and the school wants to lock him up long term. So I think the timing actually makes a lot of sense. Let's say they win this game, though. Like, let's say, you know, in our wildest dreams, they win at Penn State. Do they announce it officially in the next coming days? Because that would seem like good. Well, time. I mean, it, it ha- I don't know if it's even been signed yet. Correct? Like, it, it, has this just has this just been offered? It says a, a it vote? says the Rutgers Board of Governors is expected to approve the contract okay. extension. So from it's not from, through from, yet, though. Yeah, but what I gathered is that Pykele and the school have agreed on the terms of the extension, and it's just we're just waiting for it to get rubber stamped. Okay. And I don't see any reason why the Board of Governors would say no. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's it's probably it's not official yet. Um, so it, even if they win tonight, it, they can't probably formally announce that it's done and done. Right. Um, but no, I, Corey, it's kind of a, I don't know. I mean, yeah, interesting timing. I just think the timing is a little seems suspicious, down right now. especially because if let's say they do pull off the, uh, the magical victory tonight, I can definitely see Ronnie that they, uh, they kind of announced this because now that it's out there, they're going to have to announce it once the board of governors officially approve. 
what should be in the coming days, right? Like, I, so soon as the Board of Governors are like, yeah, 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 no, go for it, you know, Pykel's the guy, it's going to be out there. But I think it's, like, basically all but official. You know what I mean? It's, like, yeah, it's, it, it's officially unofficial. It's a, it's a formality. But, you know, in spite of all that big news, we've also got a matchup at ranked Penn State, number 16 in the country. So It's a big game. A huge game. Pretty big. Massive. Well, One might say huge. It's up there. Well, they're, guys, the last seven games are two and five. It's it's getting kind of almost like it's a repeat every single week, it seems. Like they, they win the game at home, and then they lose the game on the road. Except last week. Except last week where, yeah, they lost to Michigan at home. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. This team is, like, we're so close. 18 wins. I think you need 20 right now, or maybe, I guess, at least 19. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. If you lose tonight, I don't know how phenomenal your seat is looking right now in the NCAA tournament. You're, you're on the bubble right now, in my opinion. You're 18 wins, not yet. 10 losses. I don't lose tonight. You're uh, you're firmly on the bubble. They're yeah. careening towards the bubble. They're moving to, right now. They're in in. But yes. if you lose tonight, you are officially on the bubble because you have two games left. You need to get to 20 wins. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the other thing you win take- tonight, and I think. You're off the bubble and you're in no matter what. Yeah. And let's to, say yeah, they, yeah. they could lose out for the rest of the season. If they win tonight, they are in. Because you can beating a ranked Penn State team on the road is just what their resume needs to put them over the top. I mean they're that, already there. They just need to get kind of pushed off the edge with that. Not just a, a, a win against Penn State on the road, it's a sweep of a of a ranked team on the season, right? They would have beaten yeah. Penn State twice in the season. It would be a huge sweep to get for them, especially it being a Big Ten rivalry. I mean, a rivalry from the perspective of our side. I'm not sure if Penn State views it that way. I'm pretty sure Penn State's not loving Rutgers right now. No, not for basketball. Well, I don't know if yeah. you guys saw this, but there was a little bit of a Twitter beef where uh, Barstool Penn State was like, oh, yeah, Rutgers is sending a busload of students to the Bryce Jordan Center for tonight's game because this is the most important game that their irrelevant program will ever have. And Rutgers was like, well, actually, you guys don't have enough fans to fill up the stadium, so you called us and asked if we could send some of our fans. <laughs> Which like is, with actual Rutgers or like Rutgers Barstool? Um, it wasn't actual Rutgers, but it wasn't Rutgers Barstool. It was I, it was the Riot Squad. I didn't know they were getting a bus together. Yeah, I, they were. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, well, you can't. Yeah. You I can't go. It. You think I can yeah. make the bus production? Oh, yeah. Well, some people are also in production. Yeah. I told you guys like ten days ago. You didn't. You don't remember saying that I had to. Yeah, well, you did, but, you know, you should tell us the day before. That's a good point. You should always remind the person the day before. That would probably be a good idea. Yeah. 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 Or just tell us for the first time in the morning of, you know, just do whatever you want. But speaking of, you know, telling people, you know, what they need to do, what do you think Coach Peichel's telling the guys right now kind of prepping for this game? I think you need to come out on defense and just play a clean first half on defense because especially in Wisconsin, you just saw, like, Wisconsin was getting open from three the entire time, right? And when you when these guys continue to shoot threes early in the game and make them, you're out of the game before you can even get going. And I think their offense was pretty good on the right. road, but they were just they can't make three, so it was all two point mid mid range shots. So I think a lot of times it's a big defensive breakdown in the first half, and they can't get back in it. And they do usually cut the deficit a lot, but. You got to play clean defense from the onset right. against a Penn State team that's not as good from three as Wisconsin was. And we saw against Wisconsin, especially in the first half, the defense really—it was kind of like the inverse of what we usually see. Normally, you see Rutgers with pretty solid defense, and you know the offense goes through some hot stretches and goes through some cold stretches. That's not what we saw against Wisconsin. We saw a team that looked 
Like, they were making all their buckets. They, had, they were, I think, they made their first five straight buckets in the first half. But, you know, Wisconsin was getting shot after shot to fall, too. And then, you know, the recurring theme with Rutgers has been allowing way too many open threes. And it's been so bad. We get, like, a, a bunch of tweets ahead of every game where it's, like, five keys to beating insert team here, and it's don't allow open threes. That's, like, the one thing defensively that has consistently plagued this team. I mean, so to, they, they, also they don't do on, that. That'd be great. Well, on the road, they can't, <laughs> they can't look to go down by double digits and then hope to get back into it again. They do that all the time. Yeah. They go down a lot claw their way back up, use up all that momentum and energy, and just fall short. They can't be doing that. I mean, I think what Coach Michael is telling his guys is to cross your fingers and hope the refs aren't out to get you because this Rutgers team, the disparity between fouls they've been given and the fouls they've received have been absolutely disgraceful to this game right now. Rutgers cannot win the foul game to save their life. They've won two foul games in the last... Uh, since Purdue, since January 28th, they have lost every single matchup in the fouls category, except for against Purdue and against Northwestern. And it's just ridiculous. They, it, they can't get a fair game from these refs. They're getting almost doubled in the amount of fouls that they're given compared to the opponent. True, but, I mean, a, a big part of that is also Big Ten refs, more so than in other conferences, their calls tend to favor the home team, and Rutgers has been on the road a lot these last couple weeks. It can be one thing to favor the home team, but to double for the home team is just I'm not saying it's ridiculous. fair. I'm saying that's the reality of the situation. And I mean, I, how true is that, though? Because teams come to the rack, and Michigan almost doubles up, doubles us up. Okay, but that's an, that's an exception to the rule. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like on the road, 95% of the time, the home team is going to get more of the calls, and... Rutgers just sort of has to adjust last, to that. Last two games, Illinois and Illinois and Michigan, they lost the the, the foul game. But it's it almost always happens on the road. Is my point, and that's part of the reason why they have such a bad road record. I, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. They're not being really helped at home either. The last few games seems like something's a little fishy. Someone's out to get Rutgers. Is they this, wear, are they we wear getting a, tinfoil hat right wear, now? They wear a Foot Locker uniform. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> whoa! Chill out there, Troy. Whoa, what's wrong with Foot Locker? We're getting a bit off the rails. It's supposed to be a pregame show. I don't know. It just annoys me. I watch these games and they I thought just... this was a crew. It's yeah, both. it's a special edition crew. Oh, wow. Pregame. We got rid of we got rid of Muffin because we didn't want him around here messing yeah, it up. Yeah, I mean, he can't really go on the street at the Bryce Jordan Center, can he? No. I mean, he could. You think he'd get there in time? Uh, it, he'd be it'd be close. I if Oni was driving, maybe. <laughs> I think he'd need to run there. Muffin running there? I don't think he'd make it in time. How far do you think you'd get before he passed out? Uh, like to n- mm-hmm. not off Bush campus. <laughs> <laughs> not off the campus. And if he did that, we would just stick the yeah. NX on him and have him like, like we'd just go to him live. Yeah. This, he's struggling to get off campus. Uh, uh. It, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be great radio. Muffin <laughs> That's Man, all you would hear. Muffin Man on I-78 trying to get out to Penn State. <laughs> it would not work very well. Hey, guys, there's a, there's a lot of traffic. I'm going to wait behind this car. Literally. It's, it's, it's a red light. You know, you got to stop. <laughs> He's quite the character, isn't he? Um, I don't know. Should we break it down a little bit more? Do we, what do you want? You guys want to keep talking about this, or should we send it to break and come back and talk more? Well, I mean, we've got a live look-in coming up in a couple minutes with Randy Gregorio and Raj Shah, who are at the Bryce Jordan Center. So maybe they'll help us break this down a little bit more. Yeah. So want to step aside, come back, and break it down? Sounds good to me. All right. This is the WRSU crew on 88.7 FM New Brunswick. Again, make sure to keep it locked. 
More coverage coming up. We got a lot to talk about. Keep it locked. WRSU FM New Brunswick or online at WRSU.org. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black, got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Can't nobody. One, two, three, go! Waking up in a dream. Sleepwalking on another big stage You never heard peace till you hear people scream Your name and your son I'm so far away from the place I used to be Struggling Back here, WRSU Crew Wednesday edition It's a bit of a special edition We have a, a, a big game coming up We're going to actually get a chance to do a live look in uh, We got Randy DeGregorio Rasha at Penn State Guys, can you hear us? Yeah, what's yeah, up? How's it going, guys? Good, good You guys get out there fine? Yeah, I mean, right on time. We got here at 5 o'clock, right when the doors are opening. We went right in. and Yeah, how was the traffic? Go. Not much at all, um, considering that I had to take an exam and we left at 1. Yeah, so lucky we- Raj. I know Randy was, like, jonesing to get out of there a lot earlier. Yeah, yeah. he was trying to get out at 9 a.m., and I was like, let's hold on your horses. You're going to have to pharmacy <laughs> exam before we go see this game. Uh, we're student broadcasters, not broadcast students. It's always the most important part to remember. Uh, similar to student-athletes, we do not get paid. Um, it's debatable, though, right? Should we? I don't know. But we enjoy what we get to do. Chris, I know you were very excited for this live look, and do you have anything you wanted to ask Randy and Raj, the celebrities of the night? Yeah, I'm going to start with going back to when Rutgers beat Penn State by 11 at the rack back in January. And one of the big advantages in that game was Rutgers out-rebounded Penn State by 7. It was 43-36 to 36 on the glass. So how do you guys think that matchup's going to look like this time around? Well, it's going to be, you're not going to get a, a good feel of it till we're, you know, a good way through the second half. Because you remember that first game at the rack, Rutgers started out, they didn't hit a, their field, first field goal in, I believe, like eight minutes. And they were, they were out to a, such an ice cold start. They were down 10 at halftime, I believe. And they didn't get rolling really till midway through the second half. But once they got rolling, they were able to score. And as you said, the offensive and defensive rebounding, out-rebounding Penn State, something they're known to do is out-rebound their opponents. And I think if they do that today, they can come in the Bryce Jordan Center and come out with a serious sweep. I mean, Rutgers has seemed to be like the one place that they've kind of felt comfortable playing at. Penn State has been one of those teams that they've actually played pretty well. Last year, they got a win at Penn State. Um, it was a big, you know, road win for them. What's so special about that that place? I don't know. Is it a different atmosphere? Do these guys just feel more comfortable being closer to home? What do you think? I mean, that's a good point. I mean, Rutgers is 4-2 all-time here at uh, the Bryce Jordan Center. So, I mean, it's more like home away from home. But I, I think it just has to do with the fact that it's Rutgers and Penn State, that rivalry that's been around for so long. And Rutgers owns that record 41-34 all-time. I don't know what it's about the center. Maybe it's the fact that it kind of looks like you want to say the rack in the sense that there's they've cut off seating in the top <laughs> deck here today. It's not it's not the full capacity that you expect. I think it just has some more to do with the fact that it's New Jersey and Pennsylvania so close to each other. People will come out for this game, travel out for Rutgers. I think this is the one game on the road that Rutgers has a chance to steal, although being against a number 16 Penn State team. Yeah, so my next question is going to be, you know, we talk about Myron Jones. 
an electric score for Penn State. He's been out the last couple of weeks. And, and he's we got out tonight as well. Yes, he's, he's out, out tonight. tonight as well. We heard that from John Rothstein about an hour ago. So this is a Penn State team that prides itself on its depth, but at the same time, you know, without Myron Jones, Lamar Stevens has been the main guy, and other guys have been inconsistent in scoring. So how do you well, think Rutgers can sort of take advantage of that matchup defensively? Well, they really they only need to focus on one person, and that's Lamar Stevens, because last game in the, the Penn State game against Indiana, Lamar Stevens took 27 of the team's 53 shots. So more than half. Um, so this is really just a top-heavy team, if not one-person team, and then four guys around him. So if Rutgers can lock up on him, you know they can do a great job. But if you saw, you know, Rutgers last game, or Rutgers game against Michigan, they won, they lost at home. They tried to do that with Xavier Simpson. They tried to double him and they tried to take out his his shooting ability. And for a good amount, they did. But Simpson was so so great at passing and finding the open man that it still came back to bite them, and they still were able to give up wide open threes. So they need to double Lamar Stevens, but they have to be able to prevent the wide open shots. You know, a win tonight, this game is, you know, monumental on the season. A win tonight pretty much locks them up. Well, it would lock them up from a regular season Big Ten uh, standings in a point where they wouldn't be at a losing record in the Big Ten Conference, which would be a huge stepping stone milestone for this team and this, you know, this conference for them. Um, but things are starting to get a little slippery for this team. They're on a slide. They're two and five, I believe, in the last seven games. Um, and their their struggles on the road have just continued. Uh, do we expect to see something different tonight? I Because I, I'm sure all the fans are wondering the same thing. They're getting a little scared at this point. I'm getting a little scared. I don't know about you, Troy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not looking pretty. I mean, they have 18 wins on the season, so that's a plus. They dominated at home that they were supposed to in January. Uh, I think there was a statistic out a few days ago with seven games to go. Rutgers had the third toughest schedule, and with three games to go, they have the toughest schedule remaining. I mean, those are all things to take into consideration, but this is a Rutgers team that's had an excellent season so far, and the cherry on top here is the NCAA tournament. That's where they want to get to. That's what the expectations have been so far, especially at the end of January. Yeah, they're 2-5 and five in their last seven games, but it's not like they've been playing the bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten. These are the top-notch opponents, and a lot of those games have been away. Rutgers with just one home loss, but they're also 1-9 and nine on the road, so... Yes, there is going to be some criticism. It is getting tight, but, you know, I think you put a very good point on it. If Rutgers wins tonight, I think they're into the NCAA tournament without a doubt. Yeah, no, guys, expectations, you know, as you said, were a little lower than they are now. Now expectation is get to the dance. The man behind this, you know, Steve Peichel, just got a pretty nice extension that's being reported. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, Peichel's... I believe now is finalist for Big Ten Coach of the Year, and rightfully so. He's taken this team with no NBA talent really on his squad and made it a top team and uh, to a point a top 25 team in the entire nation. Steve Peichel knows what he's doing with these players. He knows how to play them, and the chemistry that these players have is unmatched around the Big Ten. Yeah, you could say that some teams work well together, but when the Scarlet Knights work together, and especially you say at home, but also sometimes on the road, you know they can really find this you know not superstar talent and be able to work together and play to the superstar level all right guys final question for you i'm gonna ask this for each of you what is your one key for rutgers to win this game 
for Rutgers to win this game, you got to keep Lamar Stevens in check. I mean, I think that's a pretty standard answer. He dropped 29 last game against Indiana. He only put up 12 points, but the one thing Rutgers was able to do well in order to get back at the game at the rack and win that 72 to 61 was to get their four starters into into foul trouble. Each of the four four of the five starters had four four fouls apiece. Lamar Stevens was one of them. He was restricted off the floor. Rutgers can initiate and get some lucky calls here from the referees. I know that hasn't been the trend on, on away games. And put Penn State in foul trouble, all of a sudden I think the door can open for a couple of big games to open up from either Geo Baker or Caleb McConnell down the road. I, I think, you know, going off that rise, really the, the whole one overall key is fouling. You know, fouling on both sides. Yeah, you like to, you know, keep your guys in check, but... You want to limit your fouls, especially people like Miles Johnson. You don't want to get him to, to two quick fouls. It's, we're still waiting to see if, if Peichel is putting in Shaq Carter the start or Miles Johnson the start. But either way, they need to stay out of foul trouble. And they need to convert their free throws on the other end. If they can only miss one, two, maybe even three free throws on the entire night, that should be a surefire way to get really close into this game. But if you're going out and you're, you know, you're hitting 12 out of your 20 free throws, it's not going to get the job done. Guys, appreciate it. We're going to hear again from you in about 20 minutes. We're going to send it out uh, for full game coverage. So make sure to stay tuned for that, guys. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. So like I said, well, we will be hearing them from them again in around 22 minutes. Yeah, about exactly 22 minutes. Wow. Um, until we send it out to Penn State for full game coverage. Again, this is one of the, I mean, it seems like we've been saying this for every game, one of the biggest games on the season now. Um, and we're in crunch time. Rutgers really trying to, you know, solidify their spot in the NCAA tournament. Uh, a win tonight would very much do that, or at least build a much stronger resume for getting into that spot. Um, and a win tonight also means a sweep on a, you know, a pretty team that most of this community does not like a lot, Penn State, um, and a huge rival. So a lot on the line tonight. We're going to get to hear and talk a little bit more about that when we come back. Make sure to keep it locked, WRSU-FM New Brunswick, or online at WRSU.org. Back to the WRSU crew. I'm Chris Taconis. As we get you set for opening tip between Rutgers and Penn State coming up in a little bit, we're joined by Ben Jones, a Penn State basketball beat writer for statecollege.com. Ben, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. So it's been a very good year for Penn State basketball, to put it mildly. Zanini Lions are just two games behind Maryland for first place in the Big Ten. How has Pat Chambers been able to sort of bounce back from a 14-win season last year? I mean, I think the biggest thing is just that they have the depth. You know, a lot of Penn State basketball teams over the year, they've had a star player or two. They've had an okay starting five, but they haven't had, you know, an Isaiah Brockington coming off the bench. They haven't, uh, you know, at times had the Miles Dread when Miles has come off the bench. Uh, you know, Mike Watkins has even come off the bench. So I think really the biggest thing is when you have a lot of talent, when you've got a lot of guys in reserve, uh, it makes for a much better team. You've heard coaches over the course of this season really say that, you know, I remember Matt Painter said it when Penn State was at Purdue, that if you could get to Penn State's bench, um, you felt pretty good about your chances. But, the you know, the thing for Penn State now this year is they've got so many guys, so much talent, and so many guys coming off the bench that really 
Um, you know, once you get out of that starting five, you're not really having a drop off. And I, th- I think that's the biggest thing uh, for Penn State this year. So what is th- sort of the ceiling for Penn State basketball this year? How far do you think this team can go? Um, I, I think we, if, if Myron Jones is back and healthy and Penn State's making their shots, um, you know, they can get a high enough seed in, potentially in the East Regional to have a favorable drive for fans. Um, we've certainly seen Penn State, I think, at times has played as well as anyone in the country. Um, you know, if they could get to the Sweet 16, suddenly that's in New York City, that's Madison Square Garden if they're in that regional. Um, that's a place that Penn State fans are, are nearby. New York City is a, a stronghold of alumni for Penn State, so you got to think they'd have the crowd. I'm not going to sit here and say this team is an Elite Eight team because so many good things have to happen for you in the postseason for that sort of thing to happen. But I do think, you know, Penn State at times has looked like a second weekend team. They certainly look like a team that can get out of the first round and give whoever they play in the second round a good fight. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Sweet 16, certainly when they're hitting on all cylinders, looks like what this team can do. And then once you get that far into the bracket, anything can happen. And Penn State has been without Myron Jones for the last three weeks. And the Nittany Lions have seen their scoring output drop somewhat in his absence. They've only gone 3-2 and two in the last five games. So how has sort of adjusting to playing without Jones affected the game plan for Penn State? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing about not having him is the fact that you lose a guy who's probably uh, Penn State's most efficient scorer. He's certainly one of the most versatile. He's got great handles. And, and because of that, you know, defenses have been able to key in on Lamar Stevens even more than usual. Um, and Penn State's outside shooting has been a little inconsistent with or without Jones. Um, but now you've got guys like Seth Lundy and Miles Dredd having to kind of carry a bigger load in that department, and they have been up and down all year. Um, so I think it's a matter of you've got to figure out a way if you're Penn State to diversify your scoring, which they've done okay. At, you know, you look at the three wins that they had. They they had a lot of different guys scoring, especially at Purdue, when just about everyone on the roster hit a three. Um, you know, so I think they really they've had to find different ways to get guys involved, different ways to get them to step up. Curtis Jones Jr. Um, has struggled a little bit as late. So I think the good news for Penn State is, on the one hand, you know, they have not been shooting the ball very well without Jones, but on the other. They certainly have a lot of options, and these guys, uh, we we know that they can click. We've seen them all click without Jones. Um, so it's just a matter of can they do it again now that it really matters. Um, and, and, you know, the last two games, the answer has been no, but, you know, we've seen Penn State go through shooting slumps before and climb their way back out of it so they can certainly do it again. So do you think it's mainly just shooting in terms of getting other guys involved, or is there something more fundamental in terms of how they're running their offense without him? Yeah, I mean, I think – you know, I think it's just a matter of making shots. Obviously, there's stuff that happens over the course of a game that, you know, you want to scheme to or maybe, you know, adjust to. But, you know, they we talked to Pat Chambers earlier in the week, and he said, you know, the, the cuts that we ran against Indiana and Illinois are the same ones that we ran against Michigan State and Purdue. And, you know, certainly you watch both of those games. Penn State looked plenty good against Michigan State. They had Jones in that game. They looked plenty good against Purdue, although certainly anytime you hit 14 threes, um, it makes everybody's offense look good. So I think, you know, there's always things that you can execute better. There's always things that you can adjust to. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, you've got to make your open shots. You've got to make shots off of screens. Um, and Penn State does miss Jones's ability to get to the hoop. So, you know, I think it, I, I think it's a little bit of both. But at the end of the day, you know, basketball comes down to are you making your shots? Um, and right now Penn State isn't. And Rutgers took down Penn State 72-61 to at the rack back in early January, and a major advantage in that game was Rutgers having a plus-seven margin on the boards, 43-36. to So 
My question to you is, how much of a factor do you see those matchups in the paint playing in the second matchup at Penn State? Yeah, I mean, I think that was really the issue that Penn State had early on, especially during that three-game losing streak, was they were getting beat on the boards. Um, it wasn't always it, so much the margin as it was when they came. You know, there was it seemed like there would be a loose ball when Penn State really needed it, and they wouldn't get it. Um, so I, I think that what changed over the, the, the winning streak was Penn State's ability to get to some of those rebounds um, and play better in the paint. I, I, there's no doubt that when you play Rutgers, you're playing a team that wants to dirty it up, not in a dirty, quote-unquote, unsportsmanlike way, but just sort of like play a rough game, play a physical sort of uh, not pretty style of basketball that, that gets you down in the dirt with them. And I think because of that, you know, it's a game where rebounds become key. It's a game where those loose balls become key. Uh, but I, I think Penn State, for the most part, certainly you can look at the last two games that they've lost, find some rebounds that they'd like to have back. But I think for the most part, they've gotten better as a rebounding team. Uh, but there's no doubt when you're playing a team like Rutgers that kind of wants to, to, to make the game a little less pretty that, you know, the ability to get into the paint uh, the ability for Mike Watkins, the ability for John Harris to, to kind of find some of those loose balls, and really the ability for Lamar Stevens uh, to finish around the rim, all of those things become important in a game like that. We're speaking with Ben Jones, Penn State beat writer for statecollege.com, ahead of tonight's game between Rutgers and Penn State. Now, the Nittany Lions also boasts an elite defense, with Bartorvik ranking them as the fifth-best defense in the country over the last 10 games. So how have they developed into such a high-level defense as the season has gone on? Yeah, I mean, I think for the last couple of years, Penn State's defense has been pretty good. I think they've always been able to lean on that. Um, but really the thing is, you know, I think when you when you make your shots, you're able to set up on defense. It's way different than, you know, when you miss and you're suddenly in transition. I think you also have five guys that have really bought into how they want to play defense. They want to be aggressive. They want to be physical. They want to play with confidence. You know, I, I think you know, a guy like Jamari Wheeler is sort of the perfect example of that. He is not necessarily an offensive threat the same way some of his teammates are, although he's been uh, more efficient as of late. Uh, but he's a guy that really gets up into a ball handler's grill. He's a guy that can really disrupt things. Since they've always been good getting into passing lanes, so to speak. So I think, you know, it's just a matter of getting five guys all on the same page, getting the guys off the bench on the same page. Um, and really because of that, with their athleticism and speed, they've been able to disrupt a lot of teams. They've been able to force a lot of turnovers. Um, it's not too different than what they've been doing over the last couple of years, but I think any time that you get all of those pieces on the same page more and more and more, um, the better off your defense will be. And there's no doubt that Penn State you know, offensively wants to play high-possession basketball, um, and you can only get away with that if you've got defense to match it. Um, and I think Penn State, for the most part, the rest of the year has had that. So my final question then is, what would you say is the one X factor? If you had to pick one thing for Penn State to win this game against Rutgers a second time around, what would you say that would be? Um, they just can't beat themselves. I think, you know, Penn State, you look at their loss against Indiana, they had very few assists and a lot of turnovers. They didn't hit a lot of threes. They didn't look like themselves. I think when Penn State does what it can do, when it hits its shots, when it plays good defense, when it gets rebounds, um, you know, it sounds simple and it sounds obvious, but, you know, when they do that, I think there's nobody uh, within reason that they can't beat. And certainly Rutgers is a much different team on the road, like everyone in the Big Ten this year, than when they are at home. So I think if you're Penn State, you know, obviously you want to slow down Geo Baker. Obviously, you don't want to get ahead of yourselves or anything like that because this is a game that Rutgers is going to come in needing to win. So I, I think ultimately, you know, if you're Penn State, you just don't want to beat yourself. You want to make those shots and you want to make sure that when you're getting rid of the ball, um, it's going to your teammate, not the other team.
Thanks so much for your time, Ben. Really appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, that was Ben Jones, Penn State beat writer for statecollege.com. On the other side of this break, we'll be giving our final thoughts on tonight's game against Penn State. Don't go anywhere. This is the WRSU crew on 88.7 WRSU-FM, New Brunswick. Fan of the WRSU crew, but you missed today's show? Don't sweat it. We've got you covered. WRSU Sports is now available on Spotify. Catch every single episode of the WRSU crew on the airwaves from 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday and 4 to 6 p.m. on Friday, as well as 24-7 streaming on Spotify. We'll bring you every second of your favorite sports talk with the best hosts in town. Look up the WRSU crew on Spotify today and make sure to give us a follow. Wednesday edition of the WRSU crew. Trudy Cimino joined alongside Chris Sacones, Corey Jason, Ryan Walenta. Getting ready, almost done. We got about eight minutes before we send it out to Penn State. Again, big, big game. Uh, if you are any a bit interested in Rutgers men's basketball, this is a must-watch, must-listen-to game here on must WRSU. Must-win. Must, well, yeah, more importantly, must-win uh, for the team. This team's been on a bit of a slide. We've been talking about that um, two and five over the last seven uh, and this oh, this team just hasn't put it together on the road. And it's got to come together soon if it's going to happen in the postseason. Um, and tonight, I think, is the... Is Win bit, tonight yeah. solidifies, solidifies them in the tourney. They can lose out, and they'll be in if they win tonight. Yeah, but I, I think that this game presents the best opportunity. Like, if you're going to win one of the three, this is the would be the most impressive win for two reasons. One, Penn State's the best... Well second best behind Maryland, but this is a road game. Penn State's number 16 in the country. We already beat him at the rack, but Rutgers is, I think, 1-8 in eight in Big Ten road great games. It might be off there, but we only have one Big Ten road win all year, and that was at Nebraska, who's... Bottom of the Big Ten. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so basically, the one gap that's really missing from Rutgers' resume, we've got plenty of impressive home wins, Seton well, here's Hall, a gap Penn that, State. Here's a gap that I don't think anybody's really talking about. Okay. And so we did beat Nebraska on the road, right? We beat them at home. We beat Northwestern at home. We didn't play Northwestern on the road. That's an interesting gap in the schedule that really could have told us what this team is. I really don't. I don't know if I agree. Could they? Could they have beaten? Mm. Could they beat Northwestern yeah, on the road? They, yeah, they could have. I, I mean, I Northwestern's think they on a great, Northwestern's very similar to Nebraskans in in talent on that. I'm team. just saying that we don't know what they. Are on the road. Listen, if if we this late in the season, we really still don't know what this team is. I mean, is. I think we know what they are on the road. They're not they're not the best team on the road. Like, and, and that comes and, down to inexperience. Yeah, but two but two wins. If you're only two wins at this point, were against Nebraska, Northwestern on the road. I'd still feel the same way that I feel right now. I, I almost feel like if they played Northwestern on the road, you get you'd see a little bit more of what Northwestern is because I think Northwestern yeah. played way above their heads against yeah. us at the rack and. We had to come behind, which come from behind, which we didn't anticipate. They haven't had. They've had a win. I mean, they on the did road. that against Nebraska too, though. That is true. They've had a win on the road against Nebraska, but I don't. I argue they haven't had a, a quality win on the road. I mean, Nebraska, yes, but it's it's a, it wasn't against. Do you like, think we're in the position we are now with road wins because the schedule favored really poor teams earlier in the year and a lot of home games instead of the typical neutral site games and 
three day in uh, you know three game tournaments that other teams tend to play. I mean, they did do very good in the two neutral site games they had this year. Lost to St. Bonaventure in Toronto and lost to Michigan right, at MSG. They, they, they have a lot less neutral games than a lot of teams do. Okay, that's a, that's a fair point, but I think I really think that I, I said this before. I really think this comes down to. Rutgers is, I want to say, somewhere in the ballpark of 270th in the country out of 350 teams in experience. People forget that because it's largely the same team from last year, but it's mainly sophomores. Geo Baker's a junior. you got a couple seniors. But for the most part, it's underclassmen doing a good chunk of the dirty work. And when you're in a sold-out rack and, you know, the environment's in your favor and all that, this team has the talent to win. It's not a question of talent. It's not a question of Coach Peichel making the right decisions. It really boils down to when you have an inexperienced team, winning on the road in the Big Ten becomes that much more difficult. And, yeah. and they've come very close, and that's a testament to Coach Peichel and to the players for the fact that yeah. Rutgers has not lost a game home or away by double digits since they lost by 12 at Michigan State back in the second week of December. I mean, they've, they've come very close a bunch of times winning on the road, but they, yeah. they, have, they haven't done it. Against uh, other than against Nebraska, so at some point, you know, these almost wins. If you're if you're going to be an NCAA tournament team, there. I just take a side note de- detour real quick. Yeah, I want to get Chris's opinion. The Miami MLS owner said that the MLS will be as popular as the Premier League by 2045. Yes, and that will pass baseball in popularity. I agree with both of those points. All right, now going back to what you guys are yeah, talking about. I- I mean, we can talk about how we've almost won road games. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not looking at Nebraska. That's a bit of a different situation. Um, but for Rutgers to be a team that should be seriously considered a strong threat in the NCAA tournament, sometimes you got to be a team not that's just almost doing it. It's that they've done it. You know, yeah. you can't be, well, they had a couple quality losses. Like, let's get a quality win. Yeah, you're like, right. These teams that are competing in the NCAA tournament and the rest of the Big Ten, look at the difference between us and them. They've won on the road. And that's where we find ourselves as a real weakness. And newsflash, we all know this, but when we're in the NCAA tournament, we're not playing at home. Big Ten tournament, we're not playing at home. So what does this do for us right now other than get us into a position where we have a chance to make the tournament? Yeah, and I think, for what it's worth, I think that it's very unlikely that Rutgers, they might go to the bubble, but unless they completely collapse and lose all four of their games, being the three regular season games and first round of the Which big... Which they've kind of started to collapse a little bit. Uh, They're 2-5. A and five. little bit. They're 2-5 and five out of the last seven games. True, but they also have more... The back end of the schedule has more road games than the front end. All right, you got to win some road You're games. You're right. I, I don't disagree games. with you. Like, half your games... Schedule, I agree with you. Close to half your games I think this also home. goes back to not scheduling as many neutral site games earlier in the year that could have put them in a better position because road games and neutral site games are kind of lumped together. So if they were able to win some more neutral site games earlier in the year, kind of scheduling more games against like a St. Bonaventure type that they should have beaten, that puts us in a better position now. We're not talking about this. See, I'm hoping tonight they can take advantage. Penn State, great fan base for football. They show up to those games. Um, Basketball, we'll see. I don't think that atmosphere is going to be too wild. I know they have a very nice arena, um, but it's, it's not the same type of arena that you see at the rack where it's everyone's right on top of each other. Um, me and Muffin were there earlier this year. And it, I don't know. It's just it's not my feel for a college basketball environment. It's a little uh, too professional looking um, where it's it seems like it's built to sell a lot of tickets but not create the craziest atmosphere. And we'll see. Do, do these fans show up? Do they really care as much as Rutgers fans care? Um, because you've seen how much Rutgers fans care about showing up to every game um, down the stretch. But Penn State, I don't know. We'll see how crazy the environment is. 
But, you know, Rutgers had an opportunity to do that against Ohio State when the atmosphere wasn't crazy either, and they weren't able to do it then. So, and Penn State's, uh, I mean, Ohio State, don't get me wrong, is a very good team too. Penn State's, I think, a little bit better than Ohio State um, when it comes they, to star power. I mean, but they're very, very similar. To, they're very similar in rankings, yeah. but I don't know. If they couldn't do it at Ohio State, we'll see if they can do it at Penn State. I, I don't think. Penn State's better, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a little bit better. Ohio State's a very good team too. Ohio State had a skid there in the middle, but they, they brought it back together. But we're out of time. We have to get ready to send it out to them. Um, unfortunate for us. It always seems to go so fast, doesn't it? But got to get ready to send it out. Again, this, this was the WRSU crew on WRSU FM New Brunswick or online at WRSU.org. Make sure to keep it locked. Full game coverage, Rutgers men's basketball at Penn State coming up. Shine like a star. You know who-